If I gave a fuck what y'all think, y'all think I would be doing this? Welcome to the FMFU podcast, the podcast is from me, for us, vulgar but true, real and never fake. I'm your host A.O. Reese, and I've got a lot of shit on my mind today, so let's get into it. Happy Friday, people, and welcome to an all new exciting episode of the From Me, For Us podcast. Stop. How you doing out there? It's been a long fucking time since I blushed your podcast app with some new heat, but man, busy has been an understatement when it comes to this thing called life. Good thing comes to those who wait though, right? But as the good happens, there always has to be something else that comes with it. Personally, I wasn't completely blindsided by the busyness because I've always been one that said we have to watch out for even numbered years because there is always some strange shit that happens in even numbered years. I don't know why, but it just does. So, of course, going into a new decade, I knew it would bring some type of change for me and maybe others as well. To start from the beginning, though, five years ago. I was diagnosed with something as I was showing signs and common symptoms of things that a lot of us deal with in our everyday lives. Last summer when I talked to y'all, I was continuing to be dealing with only one case of this. And the symptoms of tiredness, headaches, and extreme exhaustion continued to show. After talking to the doctors and having even more symptoms of headaches, tiredness, and extreme exhaustion, the doctors diagnosed and confirmed with me that as of last October, I have contracted another case of KIDS. Okay, okay, I play too much. With everything going on right now with COVID-19, talking about diagnosis and disease is probably something I shouldn't be joking about, but boy, this shit is rough. Now I know for some people listening, this is working in your favor 100%, as you might have no kids, getting paid to sit at the crib, and basically using this time to chill out, recharge, and virtually turn up. For me, the equation is more like kids plus coronavirus equals Reese losing his fucking mind. <laughs> coronavirus a two case of the KIDS? The shit is like being a Jamaican and having four fucking jobs. Now I will say this though. On the flip side, I've definitely been able to appreciate the time that I get with both of these youngins here, but it definitely takes a toll on my ass. Not only are you working your own job, but you're playing the role of teacher, classmate, and anything else they need is having KIDS makes your situation needy as fuck. I think with all of the world outside of essential employees working remotely, it's also shown that this is something we should have been doing for at least a majority of the week. Working remotely is great, and it gives us a lot of flexibility. These old motherfuckers at these jobs never wanted to get with the program of letting employees work remotely when it has been possible for a long time because they're stuck in their old ass ways. I told y'all before. Get with it or get lost, because if you don't adapt, the world is going to adapt without you. And COVID-19 got all these niggas adapting, from curbside pickup and contactless drop-offs to plexiglass being in restaurants in the booths and at the cash register and the liquor store. These changes that we are seeing will probably be implemented forever. Might as well, you know, start copping you matching designer masks to go with that new fit of yours, because, like, how are fucking clubs even going to be? Like, 
Does everybody get a free booth now with a velvet rope and bottles and couches and shit? Nobody's going to want to be around each other in a hot enclosed environment with people sweat dripping all over their body and shit. I didn't like being around these stanky ass niggas BC before COVID anyways. Kind of scary if you actually think about it. Some of the shit makes me feel like I'm in an episode of The Handsmaid Tale. Praise be. Praise be. With the way they making a stand in line like we're trying to cop the newest exclusive sneakers or in line like general admission to the club or even how they just are policing the rules they have in place when you actually get inside the store and want to shop one way only down the aisle. So you trying to tell me if I walk down the aisle, pass up the bread, I have to spin the block back around a different aisle instead of going backwards five feet to grab my loaf of bread? You better fucking believe I'm going to walk my ass backwards and grab that bread. I wish I would do a whole ride around the aisle just to grab something that is right behind me. Give me a ticket or arrest me, nigga, because I ain't doing that shit. But I just, I knew the new decade would be something different. But I just damn sure couldn't predict and know that we would be having a real life remake of the rolling fucking 20s. 2020 got me wanting 2019 back like a nigga who chose his girlfriend because he got dumped by the one he really wants. You know the guy who settles for the new girl, but the girl he really wants is the one who got away and he can't have her because she doesn't want him anymore because she moved him to the new corny nigga? Yeah, it's that real. Please, baby, please can we get a redo. One thing that I always look forward to in the spring, as almost any sports fan normally does, is the NBA playoffs. To me, when the playoffs starts, it's like a holiday and the real official kickstart of spring. Well, with COVID-19, of course, that shit is a dub. And honestly, at one point in time, I don't even think I knew what to do with myself. I literally watched basketball multiple games every day since the season started. So when the season got suspended, I didn't know what the fuck to do. Like, for some reason, I just, I didn't want to do anything. Like, I didn't want to get on a video game. I didn't have the energy to record a pod. I just didn't want to do shit. <laughs> like, if basketball was on during the COVID-19 shit, I think it would make things, you know, be pretty gravy. Because, I mean, we still will be getting that fix, and it would be something to look forward to every day. But, of course, that's not the case. Now, there are rumors going on and people murmuring about shit that, you know, they might be able to somewhat salvage the season and start some type of playoffs. And I hope so, because I'll be honest, I did watch part of a UFC fight the other day and they didn't have any fans in the stands. And that shit, at least watching on TV, was just as lit as if there were fans in the crowd screaming and everything. So we shall see. I know that uh, Vegas's mayor was being very ignorant about the COVID situation and was very adamant about opening up like about a month ago and was saying like we need to get people back to work. So I'm not really surprised that they're one of the cities that is looked at as one of the areas where they can potentially host the playoffs because they have the arenas and also the resorts. But along with Vegas, I'm hearing now that Orlando is currently leading in the run into host playoffs at Disney World since, of course, Disney World is all private and they have big resorts as well. But, you know, it is Florida, and everybody knows Florida is like their own damn country, which is why we have the term Florida Man. But even with no games going on right now, the NBA continues to be, as I always say, the greatest league in the world. And along with their television partners, they've continued to play lots of great throwback playoff and finals moments, including the greatest finals of all time that occurred in 2016 for the city that's area code is 216. Dollar to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup! 
action. I swear, I still watch that game seven like I don't know what the fucking end result is going to be. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? And I really fucking know. It's like living through the exact moments of when I was sitting on that same spot in the couch, which created probably my greatest Father's Day gift ever, which was only my second Father's Day. So watching these games and things like that, you know, these flashback games, it at least gives you something to watch to help keep you out of that basketball zones, if you know what I mean. But one thing that a lot of people, I think it was about eight weeks ago, eight weeks ago, they were requesting was for ESPN to drop The Last Dance early. And The Last Dance, of course, was their big documentary, and it was originally slated to be dropped in June after the finals was over. The Last Dance was, of course, the name was given by ex-Bulls coach Phil Jackson, and it was in reference to their last run together as the core championship Bulls team and him coaching them in the 1997 to 1998 season. ESPN heard the murmurs, and because of COVID, and they knew wasn't nobody doing shit, and them numbers would probably get driven up, they decided to go ahead and drop that shit early. Documentary was a 10-part documentary, which I think for a TV documentary, that's pretty long, but the way they did it, they only spanned it over five weeks and showed two episodes every Sunday. So it made sense, and it kind of had a good flow, and also it's going to be coming to Netflix. So a 10-piece made perfect sense for them to do that. It's the FMFU podcast, bitch. So the Last Dance documentary drops, and of course the whole sports world, hell, even people who don't watch sports on a regular are tuned in. I'm tuned in and making sure all my self-care Sunday shit is done before 9 o'clock every Sunday so I can sit and watch it live like DVR doesn't exist and shit. Probably more so because y'all Twitter fingers always spoil some shit, just like y'all used to always do with power. Assholes. Assholes. But anyways, documentaries, especially sports documentaries, are the greatest form of reality TV out there because there is no script and this shit is all real and it's never made up for statistical views. So for a basketball documentary to drop about arguably the greatest team ever when there is no basketball currently on, it was perfect. I felt the documentary was dope as fuck. I liked the storytelling, especially how each episode traveled back to an early period, whether it was during the championship run itself or in each individual player's lives. The layout kept everything fresh because we know what the ending was going to be, but it gave a lot of backstory to everything as the storytelling was non-linear in a way. It was definitely what we needed in this time of no sports. And Rodzilla was that nigga, man. (laughs) Fucking wild. He'd probably blend right in if he uh, played nowadays. Like, think of like Kuzma with the hair and shit. He'd be doing the same shit. But, But anyways, when things like this come out, one thing that we do as a society, and we can't help it, And we really can't help it now because we're just all super bored and we have nothing to do. Like We compare and contrast everything or everyone. And you already know that even before episode one of The Last Dance dropped, a lot of comparisons between two specific players started ramping up on social media. And for the most part, I've minded my business and kept quiet. But now, it's time. Here we go! Before I say anything, I always want to preface by saying, you know, I look at myself as a person who keeps the scenario as honest as possible and always expresses an unbiased opinion. Like I may express things vulgarly or maybe even come off as very animated or even funny to some people, but I don't think I've ever really been the type to be biased or had a reason to lie. Unless you're referring like back to like my high school days, then sure, when I get caught up, I say all kinds of shit to get out of trouble. But you know, that's that's all part of growing up. And then, yeah, even now, there might be white lies in the household, but nothing major. Maurice, you take the trash out yet? Yeah, I already did it. 
Well, why is that bag sitting in the kitchen? Because, girl, I can't fucking pause this match of hardcore team definitely, so I'll do it in a minute. That's why. Stop fucking playing with my name. You know, you get the point. Shit gets said jokingly. It doesn't really matter. But, like, eventually I'm going to do it, right? Right. So as the comparison started ramping up between two players before episode one dropped, of course there's always hella slight online to a certain player who we would consider as more from the new school. Which, to me, that's no surprise. But as the documentary continued to crank out episodes each week, one thing that it continued to do was educate me in the things that I was told by ESPN, Twitter, and other places that never happens. One slight that the guy from Akron gets that I hear all the time, which makes zero sense to me, is he doesn't have that killer instinct. Instead of trying to destroy you, he'd rather make the right basketball play. MJ would always guard the team's best player and lock them down. MJ would never let another player take over on his team to win the game. He would just do what he has to do to win the game by himself. And then I hear all this all the time, and of course I chuckle. I'm just like, y'all sound stupid as fuck. But then, like, when things started to come to light, and after these 10 episodes came out, I'm thinking to myself after this, after literally every episode, because something kept coming up, I'm thinking to myself, okay, if you're spewing all this shit to me, if that's the case, why the fuck Scotty guarding Magic at half court and shutting him down and not letting him get into a rhythm? Why the fuck is John Paxson hitting lead-gaining three-pointers in two separate NBA Finals to seal the deal into Game 6? Why does a young Steve Kerr, who basically was mentored to be Paxton's role replacement, why is he also hitting a lead-gaining three-pointer to seal the NBA's final victory and hitting a lead-gaining three-pointer to help seal a win in a competitive Eastern Conference Finals Game 7 that prevented Reggie Miller from ever having an appearance in the NBA Finals? Now, these guys hitting these threes and pipping guarding their best player isn't a knock on Michael Jordan because the game of basketball is a team sport and they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do in their roles. I'm a thousand percent fine with that. My laughter, as well as my annoyance at it, is that this whole time, all these old ass people who are infatuated with the old days of basketball pushed this narrative that Jordan always guarded the best player for 48 minutes a night always took the last shot and never had anyone ever take one that was meaningful at the end of the games. This is the issue I have with making an opinion based on what others are saying and not based on what you actually have seen as facts. When comparing anything separated by years, generations, whatever the time period, the main thing that always needs to be looked at is the influence of the time period. Like Corona aside, the times we live in now have no comparison to the 90s, as the 90s was probably the greatest time period in the history of all time periods. Especially for our culture, we had everything. Black TV shows like Martin and Fresh Prince and Living Single. Black films such as Boys in the Hood and House Party and Friday and Waiting to Exhale. The movies weren't always all the same and as predictable as every fucking Tyler Perry film, y'all. The music was at its peak where we had a lot of great rappers and great R&B artists. Tech Technology, it was somewhat there, but it wasn't fully dependent on, which is always good because you need to be detached. And then when people did things like go to parties, people actually partied instead of standing around all the time and just waving their phone around on Snap talking about, yes, bitch, yes. But because of this great time or decade to be exact, sometimes the allure or the aesthetic of the time period writes a narrative within itself without even having to say anything. But writing something yourself about yourself can be very misleading to people who aren't actually there to live it. 
Sort of like that Dave Chappelle skit where he wrote the movie titled Dave Chappelle, written and directed by Dave Chappelle. The facades sometimes get crazy. The allure is sometimes so crazy that I see lots of single women out here that think that if they were grown in the 90s that they would automatically have a husband. You ever see those chicks who post online and swear they're so special because all they listen to is music from the 90s? And then on their statuses and in their head, they're always saying, like, I was born in the wrong generation. Like, nah, bitch. Listening to Jagged Edge is not a personality trait. The niggas in the 90s were probably more wild than the niggas now because them niggas got a lot of kids and a lot of different baby mamas. So stop it. Because changing decades doesn't guarantee that you still wouldn't have just been a 90s thought yeah. who was four kids for four uh, baby daddies like nine, a Wendy Value meal. Uh, Your kids would just be old enough to buy tobacco products now instead of Happy Meals. But anyways... ESPN is another one who's probably, they're probably the main culprit of this. All these sports shows and different things like that because it seems like they're all infatuated with the allure or the aesthetic of the 90s and wanting to make headlines. Because the other day, one of the commentators, and I can't remember who it was because I really ain't been watching them because ain't been no sports on, but I saw it on Twitter. Somebody said that if MJ played in today's league, he would average 50 points per game. 50? 50? 50? The number that's half of 100? The number that's nicknamed a Grant? Now, Jordan can score with the best of them. But you're not going to sit here and tell me that the nigga's going to score 50 a game. I mean, I just, don't, I just don't believe that. Like, take somebody, for example, like Kevin Durant. Like, as great of a score as Jordan is, you're not going to tell me that KD can't score just as an efficient clip. KD can shoot it from deep as a seven-footer. And in this age of quote-unquote, soft players and inflated numbers, he ain't even averaging close to that. And don't start talking about no hand-checking either, because taking and making a shot is taking and making a shot, no matter when you play. But all the footage I saw in the last dance, niggas wasn't hand-checking like that anyway, so it is what it is, and it might have only been a little clip, so of course I can't say, well, what about this play at at the 10-minute mark on this day? Like, I don't fucking know, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. But with all that being said, like when I hear comments about, you know, oh, LeBron couldn't play in the 90s era or like any nonsense like that. Like, it's just like, dog, this big ass nigga had football scholarships. Ain't no way in hell you're going to tell me that this dude couldn't play in the 90s. It just doesn't make any sense. It's the FMFU podcast, bitch. But conversations by old heads and the stories of things in the 90s that get floated around by people who were barely alive at the time are what creates these myths and situations about players and scenarios to other people who were barely alive themselves to know exactly what was going on. I was born in 88, and I cannot tell you I remember every exact detail about the Bulls run compared to what I know about everything that happens nowadays. So when you have a player or a person or a fan or whoever who was born in like 1998 or 2000 talking about Michael Jordan's my favorite player, it makes no sense to me. Like, yeah, you can think he's the best, that's fine, and you're only really basing that on either championships, which that's always can get thrown out the window because it's niggas with more, or just based on what people are telling you. And you're entitled to that. That's your opinion, that's fine. But to say that the person is your favorite, I would think that you would need to watch a person live. Like, Avengers Endgame can't be your favorite movie if you've never seen it. Even if you have heard how great it is and how Doctor Strange brought him back and started doing the circly thing, he's like, hurry up, we gotta go help Cap, and how, you know, it broke the box office record as the highest grossing movie of all time. I am 
inevitable. You still have to be around to experience it. I guess what point I'm trying to make is that the one thing we have to keep in mind that saying one of anything is better than the other or vice versa is that you have to consider everything when looking at the situation at hand. Like the 90s Bulls not only had a once in a lifetime player that is war renowned as the GOAT by a majority of the population, but the Bulls also had an influence on the culture during their decade that was the most about our culture. From the colorways of the black and red and white, which the black and red, those are my favorite colors regardless. I don't know if it's influenced by the Bulls or not, but those are my two favorite colors. To not even just the colors, but having the greatest on-court sneakers that were ever created that are going to be relevant for, I'd say, forever because... Republicans buy sneakers too, right? The OG of anything is always going to be considered greater than the newer of anything, no matter what the newer thing does or if the newer of anything is flawless. But that doesn't always make everything said true. Turbo Power Rangers are never deemed better to the public than Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, even if they are bigger, faster, better, stronger, and have the more souped-up equipment. As people, however we feel, will always be our mindset, and our reasonings will always be whatever we make them up to be, because that is the mindset that makes sense to us, so we're going to try to find ways to add up things for us to make sense, even when you try to add up shit and it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like, Ali, for example, caught himself and is still considered the greatest, and he wasn't undefeated, but if you say you think Muhammad Ali is the greatest boxer of all time, nobody's going to bat an eye at you. But if I said Money Mayweather was the greatest of all time because that nigga is undefeated and is 50 and 0, I know for a fact I would catch some type of flack from y'all motherfuckers. One thing, you know, about this whole last dance and how it's bringing up the whole conversation and the nostalgia of the Bulls and shit like that, the one thing that I never really thought about is that with the whole run and they're saying this is the last year if if Jordan was that much of a team carrier and a find a way to get it done guy instead of just primarily being a scorer and just more talented than everyone in his generation and as it's been even recently reported that he wasn't satisfied with only six championships why did the nigga quit in 98 like wouldn't you want to defend your title? I mean, even if you played for one more season like and didn't win it, like, wouldn't you want to at least defend your title and then you can say, you know what, I tried, we didn't win, you know, I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get to seven or whatever, but, you know, it is what it is. Okay, now I'm going to retire. Like, wh why wouldn't you do that if you that dude? Or, I mean, is it because you knew, you knew how it was before Scotty and Phil came through and got there and, you know, niggas was leaving and... Being that you know they're leaving, you didn't want to be part of a rebuild, and you know that it takes a complete team to actually want to chip. Like, isn't retiring again somewhat like a quitting or even a free agency decision to leave when the team ain't that good, but instead of playing, you're just chilling, smoking cigars, and playing golf? I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking, but hey, if I'm that cocky and that good and I always find something someone says to me that I just got to take personally to try to kill you to make me win... I mean, I'm going to show these motherfuckers I can do this shit without my running mate and my coach and really prove that I'm the man. But, you know, hey, that's just me, man. Last Friday, Future dropped another album called High Off Life. And I must say, this shit was supposed to be the theme music of summer 20. I can picture myself rolling through the streets with the window down, blasting that touch the sky. But, unfortunately, the Toxic King's toxic music won't be able to be heard because we're probably going to have a toxic summer in this toxic year. Just going on a crazy run of mixtapes, albums, you know, that I think puts him up in the pinnacle, at least for a quantity of quality releases. Emphasis on the quality. 
I only say this because I remember when I listened to 50 Cent do an interview a while back. And one thing that I heard on this interview was how artists always have their hottest moment. And because of that moment, that's what either is going to make or break them for the rest of their career. It also makes it hard to debate on who is better than who, especially if you try to base it only on numbers with all of these streaming numbers being fabricated and shit. But one thing he said about Future was that when he dropped March Madness, that March Madness was probably the hottest Future was at the time. And even if he only drops like an ounce, it still won't touch the time period when March Madness dropped. I thought it was the most brilliant explanation because most of our artists are like that. I think Hove can outwrap anybody, but his hottest moments I can't say are now. His were back in the day. Whether you want to say it was the reasonable doubt times, whether you want to say it was the hard knock life, as Doc Carter, Dynasty, Blueprint, whatever times, them were the hottest times for Hove. Like the newer niggas are what's quote unquote hot now. Not better, but hot. Same with like Eminem or any of the other artists who kind of came out back in the day or something like that, but are still relevant. Those were their times then. Another person who's newer to think about and somebody who I really, really fuck with is Fetty Wap. Think about Fetty Wap. When Fetty Wap dropped, his time was as soon as he dropped. Like when I tell you this nigga Fetty had the bops, my nigga, this nigga had bops. From Trap Queen to 679 to My Way to My Way Remix to Again, which everybody was waiting to drop. I remember hearing that shit on Chris Brown's Snapchat when he was dancing with his daughter. I'm like, nigga, what the fuck Fetty is this nigga? I need this shit. But like all his songs, I hate to say it, were fucking classics, but they're fucking classics. I will hear this shit. I'm, I'm still not tired of My Way. Like, I told myself, I don't know how long it's going to take for me to get tired of that song, but if I hear that, or 679, and we out kicking her in the club, nigga, I'm fucking turnt, nigga. That is my shit. But he had all those bangers, and even some ones that didn't get on the radio that were on his first album, but it's like, after that first album, this nigga just vanished. Perf. Like, like, the shit was crazy. It was like, he hit his, he came out so hot at the top, and then just... I guess it was just nowhere else for him to go but down. But it's like he went like all the way down. Because it's like I haven't really heard shit from this nigga. Like had a little R&B mixtape maybe it was I think earlier this year. But it was like it's not the it's just not the same. You know what I mean? So, you know, for Future to have his hottest moment with March Madness and still put out somewhat quality music, I think it's a good thing. Because I do like the High Off Life mixtape, man. I think it does ride. He's got a couple tracks. I like it. it. It was definitely about to be the summer 20 anthem. I could tell. Like, it was going to be a toxic nigga summer. These bitches had hot girl summer, and we had toxic nigga summer. That's what it was going to be for us this year. And COVID want to come through and be toxic and fuck it up. But the funny thing with Future, though, it seems like nobody really even focuses on the music anymore. It seems like more so everybody is focusing on the Toxic King shit and all the funny memes of how you're being toxic and hitting the bitch up with all these funny metaphors and things like that. Like, this, hilarious as fuck. But it seems like as of the past week or so, and maybe it's because the things have been going on in the headlines and, you know, the album's just about to come out. You know, a lot of these chicks been online, you know, they've been harping on them about all kinds of shit. My thing is, before you want to sit here and, you know, blame future and say well future is toxic you know and he's really he talking about bitches for the streets but he's for the streets he got so many baby mamas and yada 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 i always look at the shit as a, and play devil's advocate if you just got all these baby mamas what does that truly say about the chicks 
who let him slide up in it raw dog, raw dog, raw diggity dog, knowing this information. I mean, I look at it for myself, right? If I'm a guy, I ain't a guy, it doesn't even matter who you are. Like, if I knew, if I have a house, right, and I knew there was a nigga out here, right, and they like, oh, he's all in the tabloids. And like, man, this nigga out here robbing niggas' houses in the neighborhood or wherever, right? If I'm going to open my door and let him in my house to potentially rob me, or am I going to lock my door and keep that toolie on the dresser in case he tries to creep through the window? Sound like these chicks willing to take that chance, if you ask me. So before these women online, anybody listening, you try to slander future, how about you look in the mirror about your fellow hot girls? Because it seemed like they was having a hot girl summer and wanted to pop that thing with no raincoat on. So look in the mirror, ho. It's been a lot of versus battles going on, and man, I tell you, I think that's some of the most creative shit that's keeping us entertained. I think people having the concept of doing live parties on Instagram and D nice and everybody like that. I think that's kind of what brought inspiration for everybody to do their own. Because like, I know I threw me a little FaceTime party at one time. I know I've attended a couple zoom parties and I tell you, I'm not going to lie. When I threw that first FaceTime party, I had motherfuckers on there fucked up. Like it was so crazy. Like I had all these people texting me like, yo, 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 yo you know, like nigga, I got drunk in like an hour cause we wasn't doing shit but taking hella shots. And I'm like, yeah, well ain't shit doing your couch nigga. So of course that's going to happen. But you know, I think it's, it's really been fun. So the versus things going on, it, it's been, it's been cool. And I haven't really been like tuning into too many, but when they made the announcement two weeks ago about the one that was going to be coming up, which was the Lou versus the A. Oh, I had to tune into that shit. So, like, leading up to it, you know, I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, damn, I'm like, i always be on online talking about, you know, Luda's, I think he, like, underrated, you know, he don't get talked about because, you know, he's kind of a, I guess you could say, older rapper, and he's kind of rebranded himself, you know, as, like, being in, like, um, movies and shit now and not really you know of the upper echelon of music and shit and yada 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 but you know that nigga really got heat and he always got bars and shit but then you know on the flip side you know i got my midwest nigga nelly and shit i'm like you know nelly's my guy that nigga's got bangers too but i don't know this nigga luda really has a lot of fucking heat in the chamber but after watching this battle you know, one thing I did notice, and I think the big joke was, of course, you know, that like Nelly was playing shit and it was like he was the only one enjoying it. And it was just like, you want to hear this shit? And it's like nobody ever heard of it. And he over here jugging like it's like the hottest shit ever. It's the FMFU podcast, bitch. Like, like the one of the one things I think I was disappointed about when it came to the battle was that like there was a lot of shit that this nigga Nelly just left off the table. Like, there was a lot of shit that I was hoping that he was going to fucking play. Like, I mean, one example I give you is, like, the Free City album, which is the St. Lunatic's debut album. Like, that fucking album is probably one of my favorite albums of all time. That's literally, like, that shit bring back so many memories, and they all spit in on every track. And that's one of them joints that you put in, and that shit just has, like, zero skips. And, like, for, you know, Midwest Swang to be on that joint, and Nelly not to at least play that, like, it kind of threw me off, so I'm like, you know, maybe they, you know, were only playing, like, commercial hits and shit like that, so maybe that's why, like, you know, some of the heat, you know, that Nelly had, you know, maybe he just wasn't dropping it, because he, like, you know what, we just got to play, like, the commercial type stuff, but, you know, some of the shit that he did play, he could have held on to that, 
But I think if they did really get into like actually like their albums, Luda would have had a lot more shit. Like you can get on Chicken and Beer, that nigga could have had, you know, hip hop quotables where the nigga was just tan shit down. All the four eyes freestyles from, you know, uh back for the first time and word of mouth. Like he probably still lyrically would have won, but I would have went a little more crazy on both ends, seeing them, you know, pull out the fucking jugulars. But it was all love. They was playing the commercial shit or whatever. It was cool. I still definitely enjoyed hearing Air Force Ones, all the Luda bangers. I had forgot about the Major Look remix where he tore that shit down. Like, I, I totally forgot about that. I'm like, that shit is crazy. You know, the Missy feature on One Minute, One Minute Man. Like, I had posted that night. I'm like, yo, like, my second AIM name was fucking All Nighter when he was talking about I'm an All Nighter. Like, that was my second name on AIM because of that shit. Like, it's just so wild how that shit always brings back some memories. But the shit was fun. I enjoyed myself. I kicked it. I don't know how many, too many more of them fucking battles I'm gonna tune into because I really don't like just sitting there holding my phone the whole time. I did log on the Instagram on the iPad and it kind of helped, but uh, yeah, we'll see. It's really got to be something that you know would really want to get my attention. One battle I know that would really get my attention, and I saw a meme for this is Jay Z versus DMX. Now I see it and I instantly say, oh shit, that would be fire. But it's a lot of these new age chicken heads online talking about how it would be a wash. Knowing damn well they only saying that because they own Beyonce dick. Like, you can't sit here and we talk about old school music and shit. And you sit here and tell me that Jay-Z just gonna totally wash DMX. And you don't even really know that many songs. All you really know is the Jay-Z versus them crazy in love and upgrade you. But you wanna comment on shit about legends. Like, this nigga DMX done been through some shit. The nigga still dressed like a nigga that's really obsessed with the allure of the 90s. But don't be tripping on that shit like that nigga DMX wasn't a Def Jam legend. Like, this was one of the first rap artists to have two number one albums in one year. I believe they both went platinum. And this was during the era when people actually went out and purchased albums. And the albums were of quality length. You know, like an hour 15, hour and 20 minute long albums, 17 plus tracks type shit. You know what I'm saying? Because nowadays, these fucking artists, I'm going to tell you, this is what pissed me off about the new artists. Now, maybe it's just the best way for them to get their money with the streaming. I ain't going to knock your hustle, my nigga. But it still is microwavable as fuck. Like, all these artists only put out songs with like two fucking verses. Like, why is that? Like, niggas will have like an album, right? It'll have like 17 songs on it. But that shit would be like 40 minutes long. Like, I remember I used to go on road trips and shit, and you could kind of be like, okay, let me get like, like, okay, my drive to Hampton, for example, is a nine-hour drive. I'd be like, all right, let me get like at least five or six good albums. That's going to take me at least, you know, 75, 80% of the way through the trip. Because if six, seven albums, that's going to at least put you at at least, you know, if you do seven albums, that's going to at least put you with an eight-hour drive. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to have one hour to go. Maybe you just start picking random songs or something like that. You pick that shit now with these new artists, you might not even make it through half the trip with that shit. <laughs> so shit like that, you know, it's just it's crazy just how the times change. But I'm not going to stick on it. That's just how it is now. Like I said, it seems like maybe the, the quantity now is the thing for most artists because they probably get more streams and they get more numbers and a lot of these little niggas think so many niggas is so fucking hot. And I just be looking like, man, like there's too many artists, bro. I can't keep up with all these niggas. This one, like, you know, you're like, you know what? Maybe I am getting fucking old, but duh, it's just all every time I turn around is this new nigga, that new nigga. And I'm like, who, who? 
like, dog, are these niggas all hot? These niggas can't all be hot, bro. Like, I'm just, like, they can't all be hot. It's, I'm sorry. Somebody's got to be trash. One of y'all niggas is lying. Y'all capping. Somebody's trash. But, anyway, yeah, the music just is not the same. They do, they two verse shorties now. You know, two verse and chorus shorty now. I don't know why that is. You know, and, and I think that's one reason why I do respect, you know, like, you know, the Coles and the and the, and the Drakes and, you know, the niggas like that. You know, even the Meeks. Because, you know, like, at least I know with them, I'm going to get, like, at least, you know, a good three verses, you know, a chorus. And probably even a bridge. You know, shit's just not even the same, man. But, you know, even though I think Hov's the GOAT, I argue to I'm blue in the face about that nigga don't come at me. I don't want to hear it. Um, DMX versus Jay-Z will still be a hell of a, a, a versus uh event and i would just love to see that shit that would just be so fucking ill i would be hype as fuck probably as hype as i would have been if i was at that concert when jay-z brought cameron out the stage to perform welcome to new york city i would have been in that bitch rocking like a motherfucking nigga from the 212 or the 347 or you know the seven uh was the 718 shit i know i know my area codes nigga i used to be like luda but anyway (laughs) um you know, I, I just would it would be dope as shit. And the funniest that I would think would be was that like it would really be funny if Hova dropped Money Cash Hoes, which features DMX, because a lot of people don't know Money Cash Hoes was originally DMX song, and uh, Hove took it from him. And uh, we know this nigga Hove likes to be petty, so it'd be kind of funny. Ho! Thank you for listening to the FMFU podcast, the podcast that's from me and for us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, like, and comment, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Also, make sure you get at me on my social media pages. I have a Facebook page, which you can search for, search for From Me, For Us, or you can leave it in a status at FMFU underscore podcast. Also, get at me on Twitter and Instagram at the same at names. That's at FMFU underscore podcast. Remember, people. Always keep it a buck, always keep it a thousand, and perception is everything. I hope you have a nice day. It's still fuck y'all.